Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Thanks, Michael. Uh, check, 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 is that all right? We're good. Um, th- I appreciate uh, Johannes uh, initiate, kind of initiated that, uh, the, that version of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I love that set up for what Michael shared. Um, just teach us to pray, asking the Lord to teach us to pray. Um, I, I love that. So I, I want to just share with you that when I was growing up, um, <clears throat> I had a lot of faith in prayer. Uh, that I think this is why Jesus asked us to become like children in regards to prayer. Cause I, I had all this faith in prayer. I was just like, man, I was so confident that the Lord would, would do what I asked him to do. Uh, I, I would see God answering my prayers and I'd be so excited. Um, and my life was full of moments of faith and prayer, just God doing what, what I asked him to do. So um, some of you guys know, like in 2004, I, I applied for this job that I thought God wanted me to have. Um, and the, the current job that I had was ending. Um, and uh, I, I prayed that God would give me this new job. And I was sure, I was sure that he would do it. Um, I was so sure that I didn't apply for any other jobs. Uh, I, was, you know, I leaned in really hard. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I trusted him that he would do it. So when I didn't get that job, um, it was the first time where I really felt like God uh, had let me down. Uh, uh, I, I was devastated and disoriented, uh, and I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't have a place in my mind. You know, what, to, what do I do with with God not answering my prayer the way that I expected Him to to answer it? Um, and, and so I, I think I would say that I stopped trusting Him like like I did before. Uh, I, I was afraid. Um, and for a really long time, I had this skepticism about prayer. Um, now I've told some of you guys that I knew God could answer prayer. I knew that, that he, had the, he had the capability to answer prayer, but I wasn't sure that he would. I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel confident that he, uh, certainly that he wouldn't answer them the way that I want him to. So I just kind of stopped asking for specific things. And, and I think part of the reason I, I did that is because I didn't want to be hurt. I didn't want to be hurt by God. I felt like um, <clears throat> I asked him for something specific. He didn't do it. And so it was, it was just, it's very painful. Um, and I didn't want that to happen again. Uh, so I, I just stopped asking. I stopped asking for him to do specific things that I wanted him to do or needed him to do. And I would pray still, but just, just in a way where I, I wouldn't have to get my expectations up um, for him to do specific things. So maybe you can relate to this. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you can't. Um, so I, I, for me, I personally felt like I didn't know how to pray anymore. Or I didn't know what to pray or how to pray. Um, and certainly uh, <clears throat> I thought maybe God didn't care, uh, didn't care to answer my personal requests. Uh, it certainly felt that way. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if you can relate to that idea, but um, it felt that way. It felt like, you know, maybe, maybe God doesn't care about the things that I'm asking for. Um, and if you can't relate to those feelings, maybe you felt like uh, when you pray, you know, you don't, uh, does it make a difference? 
if God's going to do everything already, then why do you have to ask for whatever God's going to do? Just, okay, why don't you, you say, you can say in prayer, God, you do whatever you're going to do and I'll just go along with it. Or <clears throat> maybe you felt like uh, you're bored when you pray. If you, if you start praying, you, you, you feel like you know, you're going to fall asleep or it's not very exciting to you. Um, <clears throat> I think that one of the reasons that I feel the way that I did or I have about prayer is I misunderstood what prayer is for. Uh, I misunderstood what it's about or I misunderstood what what God intended it for. Um, So have you ever seen the movie Aladdin, Um, the Disney movie Aladdin? So the movie is about a young man named Aladdin who finds this magical teapot looking thing. Uh, He rubs the teapot and basically a genie comes out and says, okay, I'm going to give you, you know, these wishes. Um, and most certainly, uh, for me, my prayer request in the first whatever two decades of my life was like a, you know, a, a magical teapot. Whenever I came to God, I, at least the request section of praying was like this magical teapot where I asked God to do things and I expected him to do them like a genie would. Like, yes, I'll do them. Um, like a wish, almost. And, and lucky for me, the first two decades of my life went that way. It, 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 almost exclusively, I'd ask God to do something and he would do it. Over and over and over again. And again, it filled me with lots of faith. Clearly, though, clearly, prayer isn't designed for me to get all of my wishes. Um, it's designed for something far better than that. And what Johannes shared and what Michael shared gives us a picture something bigger. So today I want to take a look at prayer and try to understand it better. And, and, and we're going to look at an example of a prayer, of a prayer together. Um, and what I, what I say to you today or ever, any, what I say to you on any Sunday will not make much difference in your life unless you hear what I say and then you, you do it or you, 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 you try to practice it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share just this, a few ideas with you. But uh, let me bring up to you that next Sunday, we're going to be beginning a, a prayer small group. Where we're going to be practicing prayer together. Um, we'll learn about a, a, an idea, a prayer idea each week. And then um, we'll go through, you know, we'll go through the week practicing what we learned on that Sunday. So um, while we're apart from each other. So I'd love for you to think about being a part of that. And then when we get together, we'll talk about that. So next Sunday, immediately after the worship service from like 1230 to two, uh, we're going to meet in the home of my friends, uh, Rex and Penny, where we're going to learn to pray. You know, we're going to pray, you know, more effectively. We're going to, we're going to learn to how, you know, basically ask the Lord to teach us to pray and then practice it, do it. Love for you to be a part of that. Um, if the timing of that group doesn't work for you, uh, Sunday afternoons don't work for you well, then please reach out to me. Uh, we, we may be able to schedule another group um, after this first group is over where we go over that same material together. I'd love to be able to, uh, to practice praying intentionally. So um, if I'm doing a sermon on prayer, I thought it might be a good idea to start with the prayer. So uh, let's do that together. Uh, Dear Lord Jesus, uh, <clears throat> what a privilege we have as your blood-bought children to be able to, to, to enter the throne room of grace and bring our prayers right into the presence of God that is unreal. Help us to appreciate that. Help us to understand it. Help us to feel the weight of it. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Um, we want to pray in a way that's pleasing to you, that makes you glorified, that looks good, so, so that our prayers are powerful and effective. We want, we want to know you better. We want to know your will better. 
Um, and, and we want we want to pray your perfect will, your plans. We want to pray and, and we want to align our lives to that. We want to make our lives be in line with 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 what your will is. Uh, also, we we want our world to come into line with what what the world what, what your will is. Um, just the lost people and dying souls and people who are sad and people who are in despair. We want to bring them into your will, uh, into your kingdom. So teach us, teach us your will through your word, and may your spirit. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Guide our hearts and our, our thoughts towards your planned purposes. Um, and, and we will truly be able to, to, to live fully into your will and let your kingdom come. Let your will be done so that you may be glorified in this life and in, the life, uh, in our lives and in the lives of others. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so um, in the Hebrew scriptures, um, which you know, most Jesus followers call that the Old Testament, um, there's this book of prayers called the Psalms um, that, that are filled with prayers. They're filled with prayers. Um, uh, many of them are written by a man named David. David was the greatest king of Israel. Um, he wasn't the greatest king uh, because of money or the size of his kingdom, because his son comes after him and has more money than him, has a bigger kingdom than him. He wasn't the greatest king because he lived a super pure, no, didn't do anything wrong kind of life because in the second half of his life, he's just, it's a train wreck. He's the greatest king because he pursues God with his life and his prayers. And so, and lucky for us, he journaled his prayers. He wrote them down so that we could say, oh, Maybe if I could learn to pray, if I could learn some of the things. He journaled them so we could see, we could get kind of in, inside the, his relationship with the Lord. So his prayers are far more than wishing for his latest desires and needs. So listen, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. It says, why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night and I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the, the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. You, it, to, to you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. So from this section of verses, I, I want to I bring out just three things to consider for us to practice. So whether or not you can be with us next Sunday or not, it's love, love for you to take these things and practice them throughout the, throughout the week um, as a way of being better in prayer. So first, first thing that David always does in all his prayers, when you look at him, he always begins very honestly. He always begins very honestly. So one of the reasons that uh, I think that we end up bored in prayer is that we're not being honest. We're trying to, to, to say what we think needs to be said or we, we, we do what we're supposed to do. Um, what do you want from him? When you pray, do you ever get to, what do you want? Honestly. Here David begins by saying to God, um, I'm in anguish and where are you at? <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I think often,
often in prayer, we never get to that place where you go, God, I'm in anguish. And where are you at? Maybe it, it, Bible scholars have tried to guess what David's referring to or the context where he's talking about. So, so some of you know that David is the second king of Israel. Um, he's anointed king. And then it's about 15 years before he actually becomes king. And so during those 15 years, uh, a man named Saul, the first king of Israel, hates him hates David with a, with a mad, crazy passion um, and, and makes David's life hell on earth. So despite that, David honors Saul. He, 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 he always honors Saul. He calls him in one context, he calls Saul father. And he basically, the context is, he, he says to Saul, father, I honor you. I love you. Why do you hate me so much? Some of you know that, that Saul was David's father-in-law. So when, he, when David's anointed king, you can imagine that that being like a, a, a high, something that he's like, this is, this is it. I've got, I've got this new job that I'm going to have. It's going to be exciting. And then the next 15 years of his life is hell on earth. It has to be very disorienting. It's like, God, didn't you say, didn't you give me this? And then it doesn't play out how he imagined it would. Uh, instead, things get pretty, you know, get worse pretty quickly. So he goes from feeling chosen by God to feeling abandoned by God. So let me, let me read you his honest prayer with a little more context. I'll, I'll read, you know, a, a couple things before it. it says this. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. Um, Bible scholars believe that David didn't just use this, this, these, these words for just one context, that these were words that he would come back to over and over and over again. Sometimes um, it's helpful in prayers. Maybe you felt this with God where you don't even know what to pray, to have someone else's prayer to use to guide you. You, you, you might come, you, you, uh, certainly you have these, we have these relationships with each other where you, you sit down with somebody, you don't even know where to start. Or you don't know what to say in that, in our relationship with God. Sometimes we have that. He writes these words and I think that he meant them to be used in different contexts and meant for other Jewish folks to use them too. Other people to say, I can use this as a way to worship God to cry out to him. David was saying, you made me king and I was on top of the world. Now, where are you at? Where have you gone? Where have you gone? Sometimes um, we do this, you know, again, to, to make sense of this, we do this with music. Uh, sometimes when you have, you're, you're feeling maybe a high, high or a low, low, you go to your bedroom, you put on this certain kind of music and that music, through that music, it says or articulates things that you're feeling. David does that for many here. It's a song, it's a psalm that people were meant to use to express their honest feelings of seeing, just to read and say, yes, where are you at? So some of you know that Jesus uses these words when he's on the cross and he's, he's, uh, he's, taken, he's taken on the, world, the, the sin of the world on himself. And he says, God, why have you forsaken me? Um, and he's not saying that because he's surprised by the feeling of feeling abandoned or, or, or separation from his father. He's not saying it like he doesn't know the answer to the question. He's expressing emotion. <laughs> um, it, it's, like, it's like this. It's like this. If you had a loved one who smoked for like 30 years, and you were there when that person died. When in that moment, when she died, you might say something like, why is this happening? Why is this 
in that moment, you don't want the doctor to come up to you, come up behind you and say, well, it's happening because she smoked for 30 years. You would punch him, right? You would say, get away from me. You were, you were expressing grief. Jesus, in this moment, is, is using David's words to express the inexpressible. He's, he's, and I think he's giving us permission. He's giving us all permission to say, be honest with your prayers. Come to me and say what you have to say. If you're in anguish, say it. Say it. Jesus, in this moment of pain, Jesus is quoting scripture. He's quoting Psalm 22. I think it's really interesting. In the, in the worst moments of his life, he's quoting scripture. And I think that he's saying to everybody there, everyone who's standing around, who's listening to it, experiencing loss, but yo, he's saying, hey, take a look at Psalm 22. Jewish people would have known this. Is he quoting? He's saying to everybody there, hey, you guys, Psalm 22. Take a look at what it says. It brings us to our next point. In our prayers, we can preach to ourselves. In our prayers, we preach to ourselves. So when we're in anguish, or even when we're not, even when we're not, what we, what we, we learn from Psalm 22 that we can be honest, but then we learn that we can preach to ourselves. So scientists and medical professionals talk all the time about how we are constantly talking to ourselves. Oh, we're telling ourselves stories about ourselves, about the world, about who God is. Um, so mental health professionals say that our, our mental health issues often stem from when the stories that we're telling ourselves don't match reality. <laughs> be, or, or the stories that we're telling ourselves are destructive stories. When we pray, we can say, here's the story that I'm experiencing right now. Here's what I feel about what's happening right now. But in Psalm 22, we learn how to follow that up. So listen to this. David expressing his feelings of abandonment by God. So in his prayers, he's saying something like, God, you've abandoned me. But then he follows up with this. He says, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. He's preaching to himself. You are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors, put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. And you they trusted and they were not put to... I'm feeling embarrassed by you not responding to me. Yet, I know our ancestors... He's preaching to... Think about this. This is, this is interesting. David's saying... I'm a king, but I'm not the ultimate king. You're the king. And is, is David praying that because he needs to remind God of who he is? Think, did God forget? Or God needs encouragement? Come on, God, you can do it. This isn't for God. This is for himself. He's saying, man, I'm feeling abandoned by you, God. But he's preaching to himself in prayer. God does not forget, but David does. David does. And David's reminding himself who God is. That, that, that David's a king, but he's not in charge of anything. He's not in charge of the world. And I'm certainly, when you're a king, you feel like the weight of the world is on you. But he, he's reminding himself, he's preaching to himself, God's in charge. God's in charge. 
I'm not running anything. I'm not running this country. I'm not running my life. You're in charge and I am not. You are enthroned. You are enthroned as the Holy One. So God through David invites us to be honest in prayer, but then to come back around and to preach the truth to ourselves, to preach to ourselves. So uh, to, to use the word to, to, to tell us true stories about ourselves, about God and about the world. So I think that one of the reasons why the world is upside down today is that we tell ourselves stories which is good. It's going to happen. We tell ourselves the stories that we want to believe, but we never come back around to see if those stories are true. (laughs) We just believe them. Jesus reminds us in the last minutes of his life that everyone everyone who heard him say, why have you forsaken me? Would have been reminded of Psalm 22. He's saying, when you feel abandoned by God, go to Psalm 22. Go to Psalm 22. And it begins with, God, why have you forsaken me? But then it goes on to say, yet, but I will declare your name to my people in the assembly. I will praise you for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. So let me have you think about this. Think about this. What? story are you telling yourself? What story are you telling yourself about God, about yourself, about the world? What story are you telling yourself? And is it a true story? And how do you know? How do you know? In prayer, we can learn to be honest about whatever story we're believing or whatever story. And then we can learn to check it against the truth and preach the truth to ourselves. If we are believing a narrative that's not true, we can learn to preach to ourselves in prayer. So third thing um, is we, we learn to listen for his response. So on the cross, Jesus quotes Psalm 22. Um, and the Jewish people who heard it would have, you know, been you know, would have been reminded that they would have said, you know, is he quoting the Psalms? So if they had bothered to go back and to, to reflect on what he said, um, to, to say, well, let's go look back at Psalm 22 and let, let's see what they said. Written hundreds of years before Jesus is born. Listen, listen, listen this, is, this is incredible, incredible. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So this is, begins, Jesus says, mm, Psalm 22, Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the cries of my anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. Listen to this. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. Then he he preaches to himself. He says this. You who fear the Lord, praise him. 
all you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him, all you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. Before I talk about listening, I just want you to think about this. Think about this for just a second. And uh, it's hard for us to appreciate because when we get the Bible, we get it like in the finished form. But would you go back 2,000 years when, when Jesus is being crucified and Jesus is up there, he quotes Psalm 22. Imagine, imagine if you were standing there seeing all the things that went down and then you go back to Psalm 22 and you're like, hold on here, hold on here. They cast lots for Jesus' garments. Hold on here. He, the, that, the thing that happened, Jesus' hands and feet were pierced. So hundreds of years before Jesus shows up, before this, this thing is happening, Jesus is, is, is predicted, is talked about. That when you went back and you looked at Psalm 22, if you were Jewish, you'd be like, whoa, this is the son of God. You, I, I wish, I wish so bad that we could go back and feel the emotions that people would have felt when they were reminded of Psalm 22 by Jesus's words and they went back and looked. Imagine having that moment when you were reading it for the first time and you were like, this thing is talking about Jesus. David was talking about Jesus. Now the listening, let me say this. David is writing here in uh, verse 24, God has listened to my cry for help. He's saying he has heard me. So let me th think about this for a second. When you ask someone a question or when you, you, when you have a request of someone, you approach that person with the question of the, the, question of the request. What do you do after you've asked? When you have a question of someone or a request, what do you need to do then? You need to be quiet and you need to wait. Be quiet and let them respond. How often in prayer Am I asking for things that I am not willing to wait for a response for? Like I'm asking God, I'm like, I want you to do this. You need to pause and be quiet and listen for a response. And I wonder if we do that with the Lord. So David is saying, I'm sure God has heard me. He has listened to me. And so the unspoken part of what he just said there is that, okay, now I need to stop and I need to listen to him. Listen for his response. I've asked the question. And if it's a sincere question, then I need to, I need to wait and listen for his response. And, and, and honestly, in, in real life, and you guys know this, if you pray, if you've ever prayed, you know, we, not, we might not hear a response. We might not feel like God's speaking to us. That doesn't mean that we should not wait. So clearly, clearly when God doesn't respond to us, um, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Or he doesn't know how to tell us. Um, it's often because we are not ready to accept what he has to say. Think of it like this. Think of it like this. As children, all of us have experienced this, where we ask our parents a question 
that they cannot give us the answer to, not because they don't know, but because we can't bear the weight of the answer to the question. And so we don't get the full answer. And if we want the full answer, then we have to wait often years. Is it, is it possible that that could happen in our relationship with God? Is it possible that that could happen with our relationship with God? I think that we are learning to do this with, with God. We're learning to do that with him. So in Psalm 22, David's learning to be honest about what he sees and what he's feeling. He preaches to himself because he says, what I'm feeling might not actually be in line with reality. Here's what reality is. And once he's done saying what he said, he says, now I know you've heard me. I know you've listened. Now it's my turn to listen. Listen for God's response. Be honest. Preach to yourself. And listen. I want to invite you to do that this week. Whether or not you can meet with us next Sunday or not, I want to invite you to do that this week. Be honest. Be honest. Preach to yourself. Is what you're being honest about, is that really true? Is your perspective true? And then listen. Listen. When you do that, uh, you are saying or you are doing with your prayers, Christ be magnified, Christ be glorified through my prayers, through this conversation. You be glorified, you be magnified most. You be magnified most. I want us to, we're going to sing that together um, to kind of wrap up our service to say, Christ be magnified in me, in my words, in my life. Uh, I I pray that uh, you'd make that true through your prayers this week. Let's stand. Let's sing together. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.